This week on Somewhat Damaged, we welcome the man from Hickory, John Reap. I'm your host, Greg Alperin, and with me as always, John B. Let's get this party started. What up? No one's hotter than this guy. Woo-hoo, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm going to go with good. How are yeah. you guys? Good, man. Wow, look at your crystal clear back screen. This is really impressive. Impressive stuff, how clear this is. Oh, yeah. Um, He's not fucking around. Is, I'm He's in my studio good. where we record uh, Country-ish yep. and uh, Heffern and Reap. And uh, it's what uh, we put slowly have been making it really cool. We've hung lights. We've got monitors on the wall. We're slowly getting there. Um, but yeah, so far so good. How are you guys? What's happening? I'm digging that uh, your your sign behind you, the, the take on the Hollywood sign. Yeah. yeah. Hickory. Yeah. My art teacher from high school made that. He goes, you know, when you went to Hollywood, I thought I'd give you a little, uh, you know, a little taste of home. It's a little mix. That is very country-ish, very Metro Jethro right there. Right. It's great. It's funny because we we did a couple shows in L.A. Uh, over the summer, and we um, we we did a logo very similar of that of ours, but we you know we perpetrated the Hollywood sign and put yeah. it in Hollywood. We, we did, did another, cool the opposite version of that for me would be if, uh, like there was an old water tower in the middle of nowhere in some nasty, small, rundown town, uh, and it's very just dirty, but the only thing that stands out is a bright neon sign yeah. that just says Hollywood. <laughs> that's pretty dead on. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why that's not actually the skyline because it's grimy. I, I'm not, not a Hollywood fan in general. Oh uh, yeah, I got out three years ago. I, I'm gonna. I'm just John. Real quick side story. So uh, I was in. I was in. We were staying in Hollywood for a month. I was doing shows out there during the pandemic in November, and it just so happens that some lady happened to leave her purse on the street. And me being a degenerate, uh, I grabbed said purse <laughs> and put it in the car. And, you know, so I'm there with my assistant and we start driving. I'm like, yo, I just jacked some chick's purse. And he's like, well, what do you think's in it? So we're like, I don't know, it's Hollywood, probably some money. We look into it, nothing but uh, anal beads and heroin needles. And <laughs> oh, like, it's wonderful. Not an ounce of cash, anything. That's what you get for being a slime bag. Yeah, that sounds like karma to me. You'd be happy there wasn't like a turd in there or some sort of explosive uh, ink. You know, there, there's like, a lot of people with their little prank camera shows these days. I know. <laughs> I think he came pretty close to a turd in that bag. Just yeah, pretty much. Hail beads. Yeah. I think we're fine. I mean, I could turn this up a little bit. I mean, I I don't like the way I look with headphones, but if you guys want me to wear them, I can. No, no, totally up to you. Okay, well, let's totally just up go to this you. way. We're good. John's in John's in the dungeon of the club right now, so everything's better than his audio. Yeah, sorry about that. I yeah. forgot. I was in a whole fucking mess this morning. I just found I have to pay twenty four thousand dollars for a new roof. Twenty four thousand dollars for what? Maybe I do need headphones because a new roof of my for my house. Oh shit. Yeah, so thank God for finance. Where do you live? Jersey. Um, and you got like a house house? I have a house house. It's a four bedroom. So yeah, I haven't changed the roof in never. Hang on. So. <laughs> I just 
I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about it. So just spending more fucking money I don't have. Phones. I think I think we do. So keep just listening cause... to our podcast, guys. We would love some sponsors, actually. Uh, today is <laughs> Any roofers. Any Jersey roofers out there that are listening, um, we John is in desperate need of some uh, some good Jersey friends. You know, I was hoping there was going to be somebody that was going to be like, hey, yo, you know, I'll go on the roof and do it for like, you know, like 45 bucks. You know what I mean? Bing, bang, boom, it's done. No, nothing like that. No, this guy came in so professional. He showed me samples and everything. And then I was like, what's the damage? He goes, it's going to be $24,000 for a new roof. And I'm like, do you have financing? And they were like, yes, we do. And I'm like, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> You're my company then. Yeah, right. Well, that sucks for you, John. John, so what's up, man? How's uh, how's life been? Life is good, um, except for COVID and my dad having a stroke and being in a skilled nursing facility. Uh, oh, you that. Other than that, it's fine. <laughs> I... Uh, I was supposed to be in D.C. this weekend, and that got canceled, um, not directly because of COVID, but in a roundabout way. Uh, right. The Comedy Loft in D.C., yeah. Me, yeah, they sent me an email saying like, hey, um, we think it's in your best interest and your personal safety not to book this weekend because there's going to be a riot or a protest. The, the Proud Boys and the uh, Oath Keepers are coming to raise some hell. Oh, jeez. And I'm like... And you were like, I'm going to be there already. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like I was say, open the door. They'll be happy to see me. <laughs> it's a hometown show. Yeah. I mean, we're, not, we're leaving money on the table, guys. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was supposed to be in D.C. this weekend. And then, uh, was it this weekend? Yeah. Uh, so October's good, but this month I'm just cruising, man. Working on country-ish podcast. Country-ish podcast. Yeah, but I also do one with John Hereford called Hereford and Reap. That's an original uh, name right there. It's one of the most original, you guys. It's a killer name, Hereford. That's, like, that's another comedian? John Hereford. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I never know who knows John. <laughs> Well, it's also the it's also the owner of a comedy club in Charlotte, Brian Heffron. Right. So he likes to think it's his, you know. Oh yeah, that's funny. Um, John John was a, a winner on uh, Last Comic Standing. Yes, season yeah. five, two thousand seven. Uh, my season was uh, I came in first. Lavelle Crawford second. Third place, I believe, was Jerry D out of Canada. Uh, fourth place, and I don't know what happened to this girl, Amy Schumer. Yeah, I haven't and heard from her at all. I hope she's okay. I haven't heard much out of her since then. Yeah, I know. And then uh, you did a guest spot on the con on the show I was at on Sunday. So she what now? She did a guest spot on the show on Sunday. So yeah, she's, she's, she's fine. Still, she's still doing it. That's good for her. She didn't quit. Oh yeah, the venue was MSG. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that little place, Thirty Fourth Street, Thirty Third, whatever, New York City, fucking egg. Do you so, miss being in the thick of it, John? Like being in New York or LA? Like where, where, you're, where you're grinding? Uh, I wish I could say yes to that, but I, I was a comedy store regular at the comedy store in LA. I mean, I worked there when I when I first moved out there. I was a door guy. I got my names on the wall. That was like the home club for me in LA. 
But then, like, towards the last couple of years, I wasn't even going that much. I was on the road so much that when I would come home, I, would, I didn't want to do shit. Yeah. Uh, which is lazy and bad on my part. But now that I'm away from it, that's like I kind of do miss the comedy store a little bit. I miss a couple of restaurants and like two friends. That's it. So which two first? Which two restaurants? Uh, Midori was one good. Uh, I live in Studio City. Yep. Which was that's what the sushi capital. Sure. Uh, they they say that. And uh, so Midori was one. Kawami was one. There was a, a good breakfast place <laughs> called Jinkies. Uh, I don't know why it was called Jinkies, but that's the name of it. Uh, and I could walk to these places, and I absolutely loved it. I lived right behind CBS Radford. Yep, yep. Uh, So I, I was on a sitcom for two seasons called Rodney, and I thought, like, oh, this money's going to be forever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I was like, I got a condo within walking distance of CBS Radford. And so when they canceled it, I can still look out my kitchen window and see the red light where, the, you know, they're filming something else without me. And, yeah. So have you heard the big news about Studio City in the last few weeks? Uh, not a few weeks. What What's up? The uh, world famous Sportsman's Lodge is not opening back up and can making their full conversion to condos now. Yeah, it was a matter of time. I, I'm That's sad. I went there a couple of times. They did a big update maybe seven years ago uh, in one of the uh, areas, and it was, fun. it was a fun place to hang out. I love that hotel. That was my home away from home. And la literally, like, I was there in January or February of last year, and they had just finished refurbing the entire pool. Right. The yes. Whole, everything redone. And then like a month later, everything shut down and they have not opened up since. And they're now not opening up at all. So I'm homeless when I come to L.A. now. Where, where are you now? I'm in southern Connecticut, a little bit outside Manhattan. Gotcha. Yeah. And so did, did you did you live in Studio City for a while or? No, I I I was in and out in, in and out of L.A. like once every month yeah. every six weeks for years because i work right. with studios also on on different stuff and i just took a liking to the sportsman's lodge because it's so friggin convenient to the studios and in an awesome little part of studio city you can walk i mean you don't need anything there and it's a great little spot like the people are nice the hotel's totally fine and you know inexpensive compared to every other fucking hotel in, in I like uh, you know what's funny about that is like you're right, and I haven't been back in three or four years. Right, but there's also like there's a sportsman lodge, then there's these random shitty ass motels. Oh yeah, that are just yeah. they're like thirty dollars, and they're yeah. still saying they got free cable. Yeah, free HBO. Yeah, free HBO, <laughs> and you're like, how is this place still here? But the sportsman lodge is shutting down. I don't understand that. Well, people they, like the hourly rate, guys. It's all about the hourly rate. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Like right to, like the, summer, the summer of 19, they tore down the Sportsman's Lodge Convention Center that had the, the River Oak restaurant or bar in it and stuff because they were going to turn that into like an Equinox gym and a whole bunch of, you know, fancy stores um, with, I guess, the eye always to turn that place into condos that's been going on forever. And then I guess because of COVID, they just didn't open back yeah. up and they're like, screw it. We're going to turn yeah, it. We, uh, yeah, we give up. 
but yeah. the, that's that is like sushi row like you cannot beat the sushi anywhere any of those places like the worst one is better than any sushi restaurant anywhere else oh, in the country it's crazy it was every five feet there's a different yeah. sushi place or a uh, a dog store yeah. you know something for pets or a veterinarian uh but the sushi you're right my favorite place it was uh kawami and they have these baked alaskan crab hand rolls yep they were so fucking good yeah and i've been trying to make my own in little shitty sushi places on the road i'm like well if you i think if you put this and make this and use soy paper and it comes out and it's like i, I don't know what they did but i i really do miss the sushi out there yeah. man yeah. where are you at now john I'm in Hickory, North Carolina right now. We're about like an hour north of Charlotte. Um, Hickory used to be, uh, was once the furniture capital of the world. Yep. Uh, home to Winston Cup champion Dale Jarrett and the pig from Green Acres. <laughs> are, you, are you close to High Point? Yeah, we're about an uh, hour and a half from oh, yeah. High Point. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's a big market for furniture and rugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, furniture was big here. Tobacco yep. was big here. Textiles. Can you still uh, smoke indoors in places down there? No, I haven't seen anybody smoking indoors in a long time. Yeah, I, last time I was down, I was down in uh, Charlotte. I was in the Queen City. Yeah. We're uh, in Kakalaki. And uh, I, uh, I remember smoking at, like, uh, at a bar. And I remember towards the end of the night, I was like, there are these video things. And I thought they were, like, kind of like you would just uh, – they were like picture like uh, the mazes arcades no they were yeah. actually gambling. and i was like this is fucking terrible for me so but what brought me to my next thing is are you a carolina barbecue kind of guy do you like that vinegar yes if it's done correctly i will say the hard thing about the carolina style vinegar based barbecue is if you don't do it right it tastes like shit so right. it is easy to replicate Texas or St. Louis style barbecue because it's just sugar. You know, it's just real sweet and it's easy to do and sugar tastes great. We all love it. But the vinegar, it's a delicate thing. And if you don't do it right, you can fuck it up. But if you get good vinegar based barbecue, you'll be like, oh, my God, where has this been my whole life? There's a couple of spots that I like. I, yeah, I, I've been always trying to like find a good balance because everybody says oh we get carolina style but like i've never been down there i have friends that live in south and north carolina so when i'm down there next they say they have all these places but i but i'm like listen you guys we're from new york new jersey like i don't think you know like some people grew up on this stuff i want to take that right well uh where are you coming where are you coming to north carolina uh i'll probably be down there i'm going down for a wedding actually in december um uh, you know what but, town or city you're going to be in? It's going to be at uh, uh, Duke. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're going to be the Research Triangle. That's uh, RTP. That is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. That's yeah. ACC Basketball Country. There, there will be good barbecue there. I, you know, I haven't been out there that way in a minute. That's about three hours from Hickory, but um, you'll find some good stuff out there, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. And I'm, I apologize. We just keep on diving into food. It's just like, it's our thing. <laughs> That's our thing. We were a food podcast. <laughs> I, I hear you. I, well, so far it's sushi and barbecue. Uh, what else you guys like? Um, chicken Parmesan. Uh, you're in New York. Uh, give me some, or some, you guys have good Italian food up there. I mean, the best has got to be quality Italian. They do a chicken parm pizza. And essentially, oh, here we go again with this chicken parm pizza. I'm just saying, it's really good. 
So instead of an actual crust, it's chicken that's pounded down and they got the sauce on it and then this mozzarella and the provolone and you eat it like a pizza, like you can fold it and everything and they serve it with this hot honey and arugula. Oh, it's died for it. It's out of this world. Out really? of this world. It, yeah. sound, it sounds like something Pizza Hut just made up. <laughs> but I would totally try that. I mean, I'm all for it, man. I just came. We had our fair in town uh, last week, the local fair. Yeah. And the, the, the fair food is, you know, it's shit you would only eat once a year. I mean, they fry everything. It's nasty. But, I mean, you walk around the turkey leg this big and, you know, I, 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 I'm a foodie as well. But I, I mean, what do you go for in the fairs? I mean, do you do a fried butter? Do you do a fried Oreo? <laughs> Not this time, but they do have that shit. I mean, they fry everything. They have just fried. D- I mean, it started with fried dough. Sure. Like, let's cake. just shit in here, fry that, throw some powdered sugar on it. They'll fucking eat. I mean, it's it's dumb, but I, that's the only time you like it. It's when you're yeah. At the fair. Well, I mean, I I don't want to you know jump into this out of school, but. I mean, Connecticut does have the best pizza in the country. Okay, here we go. What's that, the, give me the reason. What's up? I don't know what the reason is, but every year, like, if, you know, they have these the pizza surveys by the big foodie magazines and the New York Times and all that shit. And every year now for like 100 years, this place, Pepe's in New Haven, wins best pizza in the country. And then the other... There's like seven famous, famous old school pizza restaurants in New Haven, and three of them, mod- Modern Pizza, Sally's, and Pepe's, are in the top five, like year after year. That's one thing I miss about LA as well. I found a couple of good old school Italian uh, places as well in Studio City. Uh, one was called, uh, oh shit, Little Tony's. Right. And they made the best pizza. I mean, it was like what you're, it's like New York style's big. It's like you fold it like this yep. and you can't yeah. get that. I don't think there's one out here. If there is, I haven't found it, but God, I love that shit. Yeah, they don't, like the Connecticut, I've never seen it before. I, I grew up in Northern Jersey. Then I lived in Boston. Then I lived in New York City for 10 years. And then I moved to Connecticut. And in Connecticut, most of the pizza places, when you get a pizza, they don't cut the pizza into triangles. They just like randomly cut this pizza into all different shapes and sizes. And it's the most annoying friggin' thing because <laughs> you, yeah. like, you know, you feel like a slob when you sit down and you wind up eating 31 pieces of pizza because they're all chopped up into little triangles and little yeah. it's really weird. And I've never seen that done anywhere else but here. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely I'm not starving. in Carolina. I'm starving now. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm dying. So I'm just curious about talking comedy for one minute. So Josh Blue just did amazing on AGT. Right. Came right. In third, I believe. Yeah, and but he's a past winner of Last Comic Standing, right? Yes. So you three guys, right? All past winners but now like and i've had this conversation with john a lot when since this year's show started that the the comedians they put up on this show this season seem to be comedians who have already they have well-established careers you know the sklar brothers gina brione uh josh and there was another guy i forgot who it was i'm like how is that what this show is like what do you think about that well um i guess Okay, so my season of Last Comic Standing, there were some... I had already been on Comedy Central. I had already done commercials for Dodge Trucks. I was already on a sitcom with Rodney Carrington. 
So I was getting the same thing when I was on Last Comic Standing. People were like, why is John Reap on that show? Right. He's already made it. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, well, here's the thing. The show never said it's just for new talent. I right. mean, you watch it and you think, oh, it must be just this one thing. But it. I mean, if Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld wanted to be on the show, they would be on the show. I mean, right. I just, it's just Josh Blue was like, well, shit. Uh, I could use another boost in ticket sales. Why not? Oh, sure. And uh, I, I, I guess it's it's not clear on what it is. Right. You know, maybe it should it, it should define itself more. But I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't watch any of this season. I watched the last episode because I knew Josh Blue was going to be on the last episode. Right. I didn't even know the Sklar brothers were on it until you just said it. Yeah, they were on the one of the earlier. Okay. They passed through something. I don't know when they got eliminated. But I, I thought they do kind of talk about this show as finding undiscovered talent. Maybe that. Maybe I don't know. Doing. I'm just saying. I knew Last Comic Standing never said these are for amateur, up and coming, undiscovered comedians. Right. Sure. I don't know if AGT does that because I don't watch it. Yeah. How do you feel at John going on to uh, you know Last Comic Standing, knowing that it's kind of like a game show almost? You yeah. know what I mean? Is that, is that kind of like, you know, obviously we look back at now and we, you know, people like some of the greats uh, and and people that are currently still working, but was there a little part of you because, you know, obviously people make fun of TikTok comedy right now. Um, <laughs> was there anything about you that was like, wow, this is taking away from yes. my heart? From 100%. I had said no to, I have an agent who was trying to get me to go audition for Last Comic Standing the first five years, the first four years. And I had always said, no, I was doing fine. Like I said, I was on a sitcom. I was making money in commercials. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And, and the reason why I said no was because I hated the reality show side of it. Yeah. Um, I hated the fact you would be watching a comedian on stage doing a great performance, cocky, confident, and then look right in the camera and go, please vote for me. <laughs> like, I hated that. It looked desperate and stupid, and it belittled it. And I said no for many years because of that reason. And then the year I got talked into it, my agent said, well, you don't have to live in a house, okay? You're all going to get your own separate hotel rooms. I go, okay, that's good. He goes, and, you know, it's just going to be, they're, they're trying to get real established road good comics on there like Lavelle and uh, they had a lot of good uh, comics that season that I was on and it's worldwide the, the year I was on it it wasn't just America it was Canada the UK Australia and then he said and the prize money is going up from 50,000 to 250,000 and I said I'll go down there <laughs> I, I didn't think that I would make it far. I really didn't. But I know that it's a reality show, and I know as soon as I start talking, they're gonna they're gonna pencil me in as the redneck guy, and so I just milked that side of it, you know. And and here we are. And I said, I think I said Hickory one time on right. the show, but they use that in the opening of every episode. And they'd be like, and we got coming up next. Hair crate, you know, just they would, so I said it <laughs> a lot of times, but I only said it once. Right. You know what I mean? But yes, to answer your question, John, I did not like that reality show side of it. Um, I understand it. I didn't like it. And plus, you know, it's out of your control. They edit the shit out of your set. They can make right. you look dumb. So it's it was a, a, a scary 
thing that I felt like I had to do. And it totally, I mean, in the long run, it totally helped. I mean, people still uh, remember and talk to, you know, ask me questions about it. Do how like how do you feel that anyone from your season in particular got like a, a bad shake through how they edited their sets or their you know off con, you know off stage commentary or anything like that? Uh, let's see here. I do believe. Well, Jerry D's hilarious. Amy was so new, like she was young. Yeah. She, I mean, she didn't. I mean, she ran out of material. She'll tell you this. Like, she just ran out of jokes. <laughs> but to make it as far as she did, as young as she was, and uh, as inexperienced as she was at the time, was great. Lavelle Crawford is very funny. I thought Lavelle was going to win right. because he was a triple threat, right? Like, he's got funny jokes. He sounds funny when he talks, and he fucking looks hilarious. <laughs> like, he's this big dude with big eyes, and his head does like a triangle. Yep. I mean, he is hilarious. And so I thought he was going to win. And the di- I think the difference was, you know, the way he would talk sometimes, you couldn't really understand what he was saying at home. If you're in the room, you kind of get it. But, like, for some reason it wasn't translating. Like, like if uh, like, let's say if Lavelle Crawford is going to say, um, I picked up my iPhone and I missed a call. He would say it like that. And people at home are like, what What did he say? But if you're in the room, you kind of get it. It's like, so I think some of it was lost right. uh, for Lavelle. Um, let's see here. I think everyone else got a pretty fair shake. I can't really remember the yeah. details. I do. I, I was also on Star Search when Arsenio Hall hosted it. What? Yeah. <laughs> The year that Cash Cab, Ben Ben Bailey? Ben Bailey, yeah. The year that he won Star Search, I uh, lost to him. No, he didn't win. I lost to him. Who won? I think it was John Roy or was it? I forgot who won. But, yeah, so I was on Star Search. Do you guys know who uh, Flip Schultz is? Comedian no. Flip, Flip no. Schultz. He, he was doing a set, and it was live. Like, it was truly live. And the microphone that he was using uh, did not work into the crowd. So the crowd in the in the studio, or whatever, they didn't, they couldn't hear him. But it was working uh, on the network, so people at home could hear him. And Flip was like, "What do I do? I mean, my jokes are not working because they can't hear me, and now I look stupid because no one's laughing at me." But it was in the moment, and he's like, he got fucked on that one. But that was Star Search. Um, but as far as last comic standing, I think it was it was okay. Ben, uh, 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 Bill Bellamy was the host, right? My season, and he did a good job. Uh, we did stupid challenges, like we would just meet up and do stuff at medieval times and stuff like that. But it was okay. Uh, Doug Benson was on my season. He was my drinking buddy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> what uh, what what color night were you? What color what? When you went to medieval times, what color night were you? Uh, I think you had to go red or blue, and I, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So, John, I got a question. So, obviously, the pandemic has really, you know, it's shaken up our industry a bunch. And we're seeing this new kind of uh, comedy coming out, which is the TikTok comedian. Are you finding, are you finding any way that you can kind of break into that arena and that realm? Specifically, you know, like doing short videos um, or doing Instagram or social media like that. Well, explain to me 
what TikTok comedian is exactly? So, I mean, this is essentially uh, sketches, uh, uh, sketch comedy. It's characters um, that, you know, have been consolidated into 30 seconds or 45 seconds. Right. And they've got these huge followings. I mean, literally legions of fans that are going after them. And a lot of them can't carry a a punchline on stage. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're saying TikTok, but that could be any social media platform. It could be anything. I mean, the only reason I use TikTok is because it's so in the zeitgeist of everybody right now. I got you. Yeah, I I have thoughts on that. that. Can Can you angle yourself? Even during the pandemic, were you able to do anything to kind of get into that medium? Well, you guys had Chelsea Lynn on here, right? Yes. Yep. She could be what you're talking about, right? This girl never did stand up. She came up with a crazy, and she she was on my podcast and told me this very story. So I, I, I'm not telling tales out of school or anything. Sure. She came on my podcast and said, "Yeah, I had never done stand up. I, you know, I came up with this character. I did it uh, on, I believe it was Instagram or YouTube. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of copying um, Charlize Theron's uh, monster." That right, character right. monster, she was basing it on that. And she, you know, and I was asking her about the whole head twitch and everything. And, um, but she had never done stand up. And now she got so big that she had to do stand up. Right. And <laughs> selling out everywhere. It's a different ball game. And so I don't hate the people. Like you say, I don't hate the player. I hate the game. And the game is, you know, if I'm going to stay in it, then I got, I got to do what you say. I got to come up with these little, characters or that i kind of do that on the podcast a little bit like mm-hmm. we chop it up into little small segments but not like 30 seconds i yeah. not good in 30 seconds i am a storyteller um i chop them up into a, maybe a minute i can get something out in a minute maybe a minute and a half i think tiktok will let you do a minute now yeah so i try to just cut my stand up so people can see it. So if you see me on TikTok, it's just little clips of my stand-up. Have you have we countered down our industry though that we can only like that somebody that's been a road a road veteran and a, a veteran like yourself in our industry that wants to do longer stuff, but now is only given this opportunity to put sixty seconds. Like, yeah. have we watered down our products? Yeah, totally. Uh, if if you're a storyteller like me, it's definitely it sucks. It's difficult. So I uh, yeah. But what I did with Ch- my point with Chelsea was, you know, she does mukbang videos, and I yes. thought like, well, I, I'm like, are you? I was like, really? All you gotta do is fucking eat in your car, and you get millions of followers. I was like, hell, I can do that. So I have a segment on my show called Hell, I can do that. Right. So no one, wa- it's not as good as hers apparently. But me and my mom. You know, I, I do it with my mom. I call it mukbanging with mimosa. I call my mom mimosa, and we just we just eat in the car. You know, <laughs> got a couple of them, but you know, it hasn't really caught on. We made fun of ASMR videos. You know, where people they talk like this. Yeah. Um, so I, that's one of the segments I'm trying to do on the podcast is find this ridiculous. No. Why does this always happen? This must be a rainstorm coming through. He's it, This is a cliffhanger. He's going to come back with a ridiculous boom. Yeah. Not on time, though. <laughs> anyway, John Reap will be back. 
John, you're coming back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just brings us to this whole idea of, hey, John, we lost you for like a good 30 seconds. Yeah. Yes, I, I noticed that. You guys just froze, and I think, damn, I am boring <laughs> as shit. <laughs> no, but the moment, but we were at the ASMR, and then you, you were talking about that. Uh, and that's yeah, really- so we, we were just, we're on my podcast, we're trying to make fun of those trendy, uh, hashtaggy, dumb trends that are going out. And I just do my spin on it. So I'll do an ASMR, I'll make fun of it. I'll do my version of ASMR, I'll do my version of a mukbang. But... I think you're right. I, I I need to come up with a character, and I kind of had one before I moved back, and I was calling it the well-read neck, and where the idea is like a, and I wanted to turn this into a show or a cartoon, but I think it's better if it's not me doing it. Like if you get someone like Honey Boo Boo's mom, or someone from Duck Dynasty, yeah, and you give them like good literature, and you're like, you need to read this whole book, and then come back and do a book report. And then that would be like a well redneck. So I had a well redneck character I was doing where kind I would like do, like drunk history. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like drunk history. But, but the, the, read more in peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the, the thing about Chelsea that is is a little different than I think what John is maybe not different, but my interpretation of what John uh, was saying is that like Chelsea was purely a character that she yeah. was developing, right? Yeah. And, she wasn't, I don't think, I, I'm not sure if we asked her this, but it, she wasn't, I don't think she had aspirations to be a stand-up comedian when she started with this character and the no. insane thing. And then to your point, she had to go do stand-up. Yeah. And that was only last year and not that long ago, which was a derivative of the character that she developed, not yeah. the other way around. So like, I think, you know, a lot of the stand-up comedians now are, you know, the younger ones are all trying to develop something on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, yeah. which is, which is reverse. Of yeah, it's, it is. And I kind of feel sorry for people who get too big, too quick on social media, because if you don't really have time to develop an act in front of an audience, I mean, you and me, we can sit here and record ourselves doing a funny character and it, it, we could do it all day long and get it to exactly how we want it to look and then cut it into a 30 second thing. And maybe that would be hilarious. But these people who do that cannot go on stage in front right. of people live in the moment yep. and do an hour and kill. They might be surviving. People might be walking out going like, eh, it was not bad, but no one's going like, Oh my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's, and it's not their fault. It's just, it's the way this, but that the world is right, right. now. It sucks. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know what to make of the whole internet celebrity, you know, thing where like a comedian gets popular or a person gets popular as a comedian yeah. on a social media, a social network. And then they build these big followings that appear to be big followings on social, yet it doesn't flow through when they try to bring that to a stage. We've tried that and we've booked some of them. Yeah. Uh, to come, you know, do sets. Yeah. They they have a ceiling with what their draw is. If mm-hmm. if they're just these watered down versions of funny, if, yeah. if that makes sense, or they have a real super specific shtick. Yeah, know? yeah. I, I haven't really seen a full set of any of them yet. Look. I mean, there's Chelsea, which I love her. She's great. Yeah, amazing. I haven't I haven't seen her do stand up. I haven't either. We I haven't I haven't seen Ginger Billy. 
this Ginger Billy's another guy. I haven't seen him do stand up. He's been on the show too. I haven't seen Southern Mama. That's another. I've never seen him do stand up. But it can't be. I mean, it took a long time to get to it. An hour. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no way. There's yeah. just not. It's impossible. Well, what everybody also forgets, and I always like, I always love bringing this this portion up, is that first of all, like, yes, TikTok stars and all that. But before even that, it was drag queens that were trying to come into the realm because they'd be funny on stage and they thought they could translate on that end. And it doesn't it doesn't happen sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of Biz Cracker and, you know, and I probably get a little bit of heat for this, but, you know, her stand-up is not as strong as her drag is, you know what I mean? But she's there running 30 minutes for Comedy Dynamics right now, which... Yeah, who I, is it? What's her name? Miss Cracker. Cracker. Which oh, back a little bit because I know that there's people out there that have a solid 45 but because you've been in a movie or you've been on a TV show it gives you free reign to put out you know yeah mediocre stuff in my opinion and it's uh, you know and, and I'm not being a purist by any form you know I will book at this club people that have made me laugh or people that have social media followers or big big podcasts and things like that but at the same time, I still run a business. I'm not a curator of the fucking Smithsonian over here. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, you got to put butts in seats, man. I right? get it. That's why I don't hate the game. I mean, I don't hate the players. Um, it's just, it is what it is. But what I think will happen is over time, you'll see that it'll drop off. Yeah. Um, it won't last. I don't think it can sustain unless they devote all their time and energy to the stand-up portion of it. Right. Um, which why would they if they're I don't know how much money some of these guys are making on TikTok or YouTube, um, but some of it probably pretty good. And why would some you? Yeah, I don't I, I don't know, but uh, I mean, but if they have, but but back to that, John. I mean, how do you? I mean, listen, you're you've been you've been in the game for a while. Are you still sitting down and taking that time, even in your uh, you know uh, at your at your at, at where you are now, sitting down and writing? on a daily basis are you are you are you are you still part of that kind of that um that uh that exercise on it uh, on, on a on a daily scale no i wish i was uh what i do my method is and everyone's got their thing when i was in la even when i was in la i wasn't sitting down writing every day what mm -hmm. i kind of do is um come up with a a premise or a thought and i Back when I first started, I would go to the computer and literally type out everything I thought I was supposed to say word for word. And over time, when I realized that skill, it turned, it, it just, it, it, I can do it in my brain now, not to sound like, you know, like a or anything, but I can do that in my head. And so I don't really write it. What I will down is I'll write down like four or five words. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, I'll think it out how I think it should go. And when I get to the stage, I write on stage. That's kind of how I do it. So when I'm on the road, I will reserve a good 30 minutes in the middle of my set to, to force myself to do it there. And at the end, I will do Q and A's with the audience. And sometimes those questions lead to uh, uh, a, a time to experiment with a new premise or a new joke oh, because, cool. because it, technically the show's over and yeah. if I, if it sucks, then it's not my fault. So I, I, <laughs> I do it on the Q and a portion of it. So do you, um, do you tape all your sets or a chunk of your sets? 
No, but uh, I should. Um, I, I think I'm going to start doing it more often than I used to because I'm finding now that the Q&A and the improv stuff is leading to some gold yeah. <clears throat> that, I, that I didn't anticipate. And, uh, and in terms of cutting it up and putting it on YouTube, um, I own that and I don't have to get it cleared with sure. Comedy Central or HBO, whoever it is that taped my special to begin with or whatever it is. So, because I'm running into that problem too with YouTube, like I just now started amping up the social media. My, my <clears throat> I got a social media company I use. They're great. And they, they said, you got to feed the beast. And I just gave them all the stand up that I've ever have. And a, a lot of it, you know, we get flagged. It's like, you don't own that. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to chase down all these people and be like, come on, man, it's, it's COVID. I got, I, I'm not making any money. Let me have this damn clip. Yep. And then, so I had to do that. But now when you tape your sets, you never have to worry about sure. that. Sure. Definitely not. So definitely. I'm going to start doing it more often. My next gig is in October in Dallas and I'm going to have a guy come out and, and film me, but I, I'm not good at, I don't want to leave my phone by itself while I'm on stage to record right. a set. Sure. And I don't want to lug around a camera when right. I fly. So I got to figure out what works for me in that aspect. You know what I mean? Well, you could always, you could get one of the, those like, uh, not for video, but for audio, just a small recorder that you pop right into the soundboard. It's like one chord. Oh, yeah. Just for me to hear and lip play. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do that, but I didn't know if you meant video. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, your yeah. video tape and everything would be quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's good to have because if it's if something funny does break out, oh, totally. that's, then you can put that chunk on YouTube, sure, and then that sure. you know that'll help. So, um, one of the last things I want to ask you is, I I somewhat know the story about the Carolina Panthers yeah. game and that whole dancing thing, but what what is the truth? <laughs> yeah, here's the truth. Uh, when the Panthers first came into the NFL, I want to say it was '95 or '96. Me and about 10 of my friends, we were very happy. We finally had our own NFL team. We've been, yeah. I've been waiting my whole life. I've always loved football. I've played football in high school. It's the only sport I give a shit about. And the, growing up, uh, we, we didn't have a team. So when we got the team, we're like, fuck yeah, we're all in. So we go, we're tailgating. I'm 21, 22, and we're, we're, we're hammered. And we right. go in, we have the cheapest seats um, and every time out in this game, they would play music just to entertain the crowd. And so when they're playing music, I would get up in my seat and just start dancing to make my friends laugh. I was drunk. I hadn't even done stand up yet. I was right. just a goofball. Yeah. So I would stand up and start dancing around just to make my friends laugh. Yep. And so that attention that crowd of me performing the dumb, doing these dumb dances would slowly get bigger so each time out more people would turn around and start watching me and then you could you could tell people like look look he's doing it again yeah right <laughs> so so that audience grew throughout the game and then by third quarter or maybe it was second quarter my buddy marty he suggested that i get on the hill behind the goalpost so that the whole stadium can see me because where we were sitting was in the cheap seats, like around the 10 yard line. Right. Only certain. So I'm like, that's a great idea. So I get on this grass hill that was behind the goalpost. Our home games were played in Clemson before we had our stadium built in Charlotte. Right. So that was the first season, all home games were Clemson. And Clemson at the time 
had just a grass hill behind the goalpost where students could go for $5 and just sit there. So I thought, I'll go behind the goalpost on this grass hill. And sure enough, a player got hurt. And while they're working on this player, they're playing music. And the Panthers, our mascot uh, is a Panther named Sir Purr. Right. So Sir Purr is doing his own routine. I'm on the grass hill. I'm dancing up a storm. Now, at this point, the entire right side of the field has seen me progress, right? And now they're into it because, holy shit, now everyone – and it's like 10 minutes or five minutes of just me dancing. Right. And so finally, the mascot, Sir Purr, walks over to the fence and says, come out here and dance with me. And before I can say yes or no, my friends are throwing me over the fence. They get out there. (laughs) So I'm over the fence. I was invited. I'm dancing around. And that's when this tape kicks in. Like the guy, the video that that you may have seen on YouTube doesn't start. Like you missed that whole first part I just told you. You only see where I'm running out onto the field. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that I was invited. Right. You know, (laughs) a lot of people think I'm just this drunk idiot who ran out into the field, which I was, but I was invited. You were an invited drunk idiot running onto the field. I break dancing. I'm doing the moonwalk. I'm doing the worm. And all the cheers turn to boos. And I'm like, what are they booing? And they were booing the cops who were running out onto the field behind me to arrest me because they didn't see Sir Purr's invitation either. Yeah. And so... They, they timed it perfect. They waited for my butt to get to the peak of the, the apex of the worm so they wouldn't have to bend down, and they just wedged me up off the ground. And now I'm, like, on my tippy toes. I got a camel toe in my ass, and I'm like, what the shit? Hey, Sir Purse said it was cool, you know, and they argue. Like, there was a big argument. And finally, they all, you know, different cops come over. There's different security guys trying to explain to the cops, like, wait, we did invite him. Hang on a minute. And the cops told these guys, like, well, you fucked up. Uh, It's an NFL rule. We have to kick him out. And and it's your fault. And so they kicked me out. And they marched me 99 yards, by the way. I was already in that end zone. There was an exit right there. They marched me in front of the whole fucking stadium, 99 yards. They never let go of my pants. And I'm like, this is the most embarrassing, longest walk of shame that I've ever done. But it turned out like to be this great thing later in life because my brother was watching this guy with the camera. And he goes, hey, man, did you record that? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, I want that tape. And so he gave my brother, this guy was a freelance photographer, and yeah. he gave my brother his card. And then my brother called him up, This because this happened around late November, early December. And he got a co- he paid the guy like 75, 100 bucks for the copy of this. And my brother gave it to me for Christmas. Wow. Like, I got uh-huh. this tape. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so what happens, they, they kick me out. They get your information. They're like, you know, they don't arrest you. They just yeah. kick you out, you know. Yep. And uh, later later on, maybe a month or so later, the organization, Panthers realized that I was not, I was invited. It wasn't my fault. And so I have this apology letter that they, they wrote me this long apology letter. They were so worried I was going to sue them. 
So I got a bunch of free shit in the mail, like a zipper, <laughs> like a keychain, a bumper sticker, like it was all dumb shit. But I was a kid. I'm like, oh, the Panthers love me. <laughs> yeah. I, c- I could have sued them, uh, you know. But you still have that bumper sticker? No, no. <laughs> I do have the letter. I still have the letter. <laughs> That's awesome. You should post it or, or or frame it. I'm sure you got it framed somewhere on that. We know what's funny is okay. Check this out. This is a new a new twist to the story because the guy. So after that happened, and I, I fast forward many years. I'm doing stand up now, and it's I talk about it in my act sometimes, especially if I'm in North Carolina doing a show. People like to bring it up, and I'll sure. I'll talk about it. And then I made it like a joke to where. When I was on the radio uh, promoting shows, that I was pissed off at Sir Purr, and I want to find out who the dude was in the in the in the uniform and the uh, the, yep. the outfit, yep. and and whip his ass and stuff like that. Like I was hunting him down, and then that guy heard it, and he got in touch with me, and now we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started doing stand up. Oh wow. And so he opened for me, I want to say six months ago, at a gig in South Carolina. And that's, that's, that was weird. I'm like, I'm sitting like, his name's Tommy Donovan. He's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, he doesn't do mascot shit anymore. He's like a, a realtor. He's out of the furry business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, can you believe this shit? In 96. Wow. We met, and now we're both on stage together doing fucking stand-up, talking I, John, about that moment. Hey, John, I smell a celebrity boxing match in the making. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I think I could take him. He's got a little beer gut on him now. I yeah. think I could take him. You, you, you gotta, but he's got to fight in, as the mascot, though. Oh, yes. Oh, well, if that's the case, do I, I could dress up like the Notre Dame mascot. You know, I'm halfway there now, right? You, him, Brad Williams, it'll be a little trio of mascots. Yeah. Um, that that would be funny. Anyway, uh-huh. that no, I'm glad. Thanks for telling that whole story because it is, it's very funny. And, you know, I was curious as to the whole like true arrest thing. That's the exact truth. And I remember, like, when it happened, like, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. It's the yeah. biggest thing. I mean, that was like, I don't know, 50,000 people sure. were all laughing at me. And I was a class clown. I enjoyed it. I was like, this is great. And then that kind of gave me the confidence to try stand-up for the first time because I hadn't done stand-up yet. I had been talking about it with my friends. And then my buddy Marty, the same guy, told me to get on the hills. Like, dude, you got to put up or shut up. I mean, you just made 50,000 well, people. You hear that, kid? If, if, if you want to make it in stand-up and you want to really do it, you got to go and run on to a field somewhere. Well, you got yeah. to dance. dance. Dude, wait. That was my TikTok, dude. Yeah, that was a TikTok. <laughs> so, I, I mean, do you, have you ever come out on stage to that video? No, but I have closed with it. I've oh, talked okay. about it. Well, I, right. I have the, on the, if I'm at a venue that has a big screen or monitors, yep. and I'm like, if they want to play along with the sound guys, like, yeah, I could do this. I'll do it. Well, I'll, like I'll have it up there, and I'll tell them to pause it right here. I'll say this happened right here. I'll say I'll talk about this guy. And so we play it and pause it and, and go through it. And uh, okay. I, I've done that many times. That's I always awesome. get excited when I see a big screen because I know, oh, this is this is like 
20 minutes right here. <laughs> yeah, I got 20 minutes of time. That's awesome. Hey, man, this was awesome. Really appreciate it. We, Thanks for having me, man. We, we end on another, I mean, we started on food. We're going to end on food. Okay. Um, John, you want to? want to ask john so john we always like asking uh what was the best thing you had to eat this week this week the best thing that i have had this week well i'm just now trying to get healthy again mm-hmm. so i've been trying to low carb it a little bit but there's um just off the top of my head this week the best thing was probably there's a, a sports bar here called kickback jacks and uh, they make chicken wings that I like. Now, see, I don't do spicy. Mm. It hurts me. Like, I enjoy it, but it physically gives me this worse acid reflux. Uh, I, I can't handle it. I do believe well, you it. Don't can, kick it all. You don't like, like, even like a buffalo sauce. You can't even do a that. Ti- it's got to be time. Ti- like, I can't do the extreme hot shit. Sure, it's sure, like sure. a little bit of spice is okay. But even then, I'm like going, you know, so, but these chicken wings that Kickback Jack's has, it's a dry rub. Oh, yeah. And it's flavorful without being hot. Yep. And the way it's grilled and they got this dry rub on it. And the way I love doing chicken wings, because my friends hate this. They like the big old fat, crispy chicken wings that you could, you know, it takes two hands. Yep. I want a chicken wing with one hand. I want to be able to pick up one hand and go, and yeah. then put it down. That's all I yeah. want to do. And Same. so I do the flats. You know, the flats. drums, you still kind of do this. I like a flat. I like to dip it into the, either blue cheese or ranch. Both mm-hmm. are great. And just go. And so. Can I, can I, can I give you a, a nice little uh, a nice little life hack? What please. I do with the wings, okay? With wings, I take it at the top and I push down. And so at the end, it's almost like a little lollipop of chicken. So I don't have to do the slurp thing. So you push the meat down. Another good one that I like to do is on flats, I pull out the small wing and pull it right off. Yeah. Just like that. See, that's that's what's great about chicken wings. There's so many ways you can enjoy. It's like an art form of eating. Have you had the, um, there's a French style. It's called lollipop style. It's yes. a, yeah. I had the, uh, a place called Wicked Weed in Asheville. I had yeah, some for all of, of our listeners that are aware. Essentially, it's you 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 French cut the the uh, drumstick, right? And like all the meat, like so, like you know, usually you have to flap and kind of those triangle. What trims it up, and it is. The, and what they do is, if you really want to do it French style, you take the excess skin and you put it on top of the chicken wing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it's easier for a guy like me who doesn't handle spice that great. And I got a tiny mouth. <laughs> like I can't get a lot in here. So that's why I like the small wings, you know. It's as big as it gets. How <laughs> did I end up getting hard on this? <laughs> you know funny? I, I'll tell you what's funny about that is we it's tight. It is we Shut up, John. Jesus. <laughs> There's this girl who we've booked on shows because she's one of these TikTok people who's a comedian slash variety show girl who just won the Guinness Book of World Records for biggest mouth. Oh. I, it's unbelievable. Her, it's like What's her mouth goes from what, ear what to ear. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look her up. Shout out to Samantha Ramsdell. 
Okay. <laughs> Samantha Ramsdale. I'll, yeah. I'll, she's probably on Instagram too, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she, she was. Oh, here she is. Oh, yeah. No, she's verified. She has a. Oh, my God. Is that. That's not. Wait a second. That's not a filter? No. No. That's her real mouth? Yep. Yeah. Holy shit. I, I've seen the Guinness Book of World We Records. need to make a video together, me and her. You guys should. You yeah, should. I might have the world's tiniest mouth. I don't know. Yeah, we will introduce. I can. We can introduce you. She's a. She's a good kid. And she, I got. I got no lips. <laughs> like, but she's got great lips. She's all about it. She was just on uh, Hey Babe, like a live Hey Babe with uh, Chris and uh, Sal. Yeah. They, they brought her out and. And she was on Ellen DeGeneres' show as well. She's like a bunch of stuff, but we'll definitely link you up. John, dude, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Um, guys. We'd love to see you again, my friend, whenever you're in the New York market or the L.A., if you're in L.A. again. Or, hey, we're we're, we're planning on doing – if I'm in North Kakalaki, you know, and I got some time, let's fucking have a couple beers or whatever. Yeah, hit me up. I could recommend some places, dude. Dope, dope, dope. Thanks, guys. All right, John and John. Appreciate it, man. Hey, Greg, happy birthday again, my friend. I was waiting for that. It's my birthday, John. <laughs> happy birthday, Greg. <laughs> how, old, how old are you, dude? Old enough. <laughs> Too old to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, tell me about it. That was John's way to be All right, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you guys. Bye.